0: Know if you're a visitor with us this morning, we welcome you in Jesus. We make no apologies for the way that we worship, we make no apologies for the declaration of His word. We're passionate about loving Him, Amen. about growing and having fruit on the tree. That we bear much fruit. John 15, is that not the cry? As we allow him to prune us, to change us, and as a gardener has his hand upon our lives, he develops us and changes us. He nurtures us, he grows us, he knows when to stick us in the greenhouse, when we can face the frost. But either way, whether it be in a greenhouse or out, we've remembered this morning, your grace is sufficient for me. Amen. Okay, let's come around the word. If I said to you this week that it was like trying to shoehorn something in for Sunday morning, that's the kind of place that I've been. I've talked myself in, I've talked myself out. I even talked to Andy about saying, Andy, this is what I'm thinking. Andy said, you're nuts. I told Pastor Tony, and he just went, right, I'll listen to the CD. And you kind of go, you're all filling me with hope here. You're You're inspiring me. But this morning, what I wanted to do, my intention, I believe the Lord had laid something on my heart for the last few weeks. So my intention is to be very practical. Can I be practical this morning? Is that okay? You know, we can go deep. I can do deep. But we want to be practical. So what we're going to do, we're going to launch from one place. And then we're going to get practical in an area that I believe will actually benefit every single one of us. Is that all right? All right. So, if I was to give you the term this morning, homie, bro, mucker, me old china, buddy, chum, amigo, pal, mate, what are we talking about? Friends. friends. The title of our message this morning is, friends, who needs them? All the names were for the same thing. It was for a Friend. Do you know, we're made for connectivity and relationships. We are a social being. We're never made to be on our own. We're meant to be together. Is it right? So why is it as we get older, do we seem to lose the ability to make friends? Oh, okay. We're very comfortable with acquaintances. We're all right with work colleagues, and we're all right to a degree with alliances. What do I mean by that? Kevin and I have a wonderful business idea that we carried out, and we need alliances, people that we can work with. They're not our friends. They're not our colleagues. They're people we have alliances with. So the alliance would be, say, for instance, a guy called Bernard Lim, a very nice guy, trusted guy from Singapore. We have taken our hard-earned idea... We've worked it, we've developed it. We've even allowed him to change bits that we kind of went, what do you want to change that for? Because we're designers and we know what it should look like. And he's changed bits, but the alliances, it benefits him and it benefits us. An alliance. So we're all right with that. And we all know what an acquaintance is, don't we? The people you like, but they're not necessarily your friends. And we also know what a colleague is. A colleague is somebody we work with, etc., and we do things with, on a uh, on a kind of short term basis. But they all fall short from the area of friendship. You know, I believe that as individuals and as Christians, one of the greatest things that we can model to this world is relationships that work at every level, whether that be marriages, families. Friendships, business relationships, whatever it is, we need to model that and allow Christ to be seen inside of it. One of the great stories from the Gospels is the way that when Jesus was pressed up against the water's edge, he's pressed up against the water's edge, he can't go any further. He gets into Peter's boat, and Peter's boat pulls away from the shore. The people stand on the beach, and Jesus declares the message. People allowed his business, Peter allowed his business to make a platform for Jesus to be seen and heard. When you make relationships, your businesses, a platform for Jesus to be seen and heard, God can't help but bless that. Yes? But the relationships that we've often had, uh, we've been hurt, used, abused, let down, expectations broken. We've been kind of knocked over from one side to the other. But in John 13 and verse 35, Jesus declares this. By this will all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Now, I know this isn't talking about friendship. This is talking about love one for another. But Jesus says it has to be more than words. If you're around me and if you connect with me and you connect with your God, there has to be a connectivity. God leaves his heaven and comes down to walk with man in the cool of the afternoon. Yes, he wants communication. He wants that experience. There has to be a practical outworking. Now, we've seen ourselves in transparency and openness, moving from clean to pure. We see people talking at different levels about coming into the light more and more. But how do we come into the light with relationships that are fragile? Because the truth is, Sometimes you think, I want to be transparent, but who do we be transparent with? Because actually, I ain't got any mates. Am I talking to the Dream Center this morning? Would, would that be a fair assumption? If I've talked to enough people over the period of these last three months, you find that the question that comes back, how do I become transparent? How am I, who am I accountable to? Where do I do it? How do I do it? You know, sometimes you need somebody you can talk to. You need a sounding board, good, bad, or indifferent. Somebody at times to put their arm around you and says, it's all right, you're going in the right direction. And the other time when somebody says, yes, you are nuts. Because, you know, sometimes when we lose perspective, it's very easy to go to the nutty side of the street because I get everything all wrong, I think how people must be thinking about me and how I'm perceived, and I must be the only one who doesn't understand, and I'm the only one who can't make this work because everybody else is brill, and I'm not, and God loves them more than he loves me, and I'm going to go to the bottom of the garden and eat worms. That's when you need that sounding board that says, do you know what? You're doing all right. I don't need to hear sometimes, well done, good and faithful servant. I just need somebody to say, You're not nuts. nuts. I'm not nuts, thanks, Chris. (laughs) Because when I was putting this together, I was surely thinking I was. But can I let you into a big secret? This is what I kind of figured out as being the big secret. Are you ready? you ready to write this down? All of you have got your pens, papers, iPads. If you've not got an iPad, it's my pad. You ready for the big secret? Friendships are made. End of the big secret. You make friends. It's not magic. Somebody is not graced or blessed with a special ability to make friends, and you can't. It's something that is built inside every single person. Inside of you is the very DNA to make friends. But I'll get to the practical bits later of why you don't. That practical bit sometimes starts with soap. But... Hey, you, you might laugh if you don't brush your teeth and you don't have a wash. You're not having a hug. Is that all right? That might be the gospel according to Phil, but I can like to keep it. for All of us who know in our group, pointy stick. And if you like me used to run a team when I was in my company, I used to run a team. I had that wonderful pleasure one day of being sat down in the room because we had a bunch of girls who worked in our our team. I said, Phil, we have an issue. What? You better have a word with your apprentice. Why? Because he stinks. Right. Have you ever had to have the conversation of sitting somebody down and telling them that their personal hygiene may not necessarily be up to scratch? It's not an easy thing, and I don't know why they ever asked me of telling somebody the truth. So... (laughs) We had our communal, this is it. This is the team's deodorant. This is how we got around it. This is the team's deodorant. It's summer. The air conditioning isn't working very well, but I will leave this on your desk. (laughs) Just in case you ever feel like you want to use it. But let's start with some basics. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 to 12 says this, two are better one, better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity a man who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily or quickly broken. A couple of points I wrote off that. It's not good for man to be alone. Genesis chapter two. God saw Adam, said it's not good for him to be alone. Note something for a start. He never once said that Adam was lonely. He said it's not good for him to be alone. He wasn't lonely, why? Because he was fellowshipping with the living God. I'd like to think you wouldn't think there's a massive vacuum missing when you're walking with him. Number two in this principle of two are better than one, look at the model That's seen in Jesus Christ. He sends the disciples out in. Okay. So we're on the page. There are often times when we fall or when we struggle. Please do not stone me for my statement. We need somebody outside of God who can help us. I know that he's my fortress and my strong tower and I can run into him. He's my present help in time of need. But there are times when I just need Someone else. Is that right? Is that, does anybody think like that outside of nuts side of the street? We need people as well as connecting to God. Amen. I have personally witnessed and know of different ministries that would propagate and say that they always have to separate themselves from people. Because if I don't separate myself from people those people might contaminate or pollute me and I will lose the presence of God. And you go, now you're on the nutty side of the street. Because people, or should I say ministries and leaders, need the smell of people, don't they? You can't keep disappearing to me and me and Jesus alone and we just think, it's all right, Jesus is my friend, but anytime I come to connect with you, I can't connect at any level because I have no personal skills. And also, there's a point that says, pity the man who has no one. And again, as we made the statement before, have you looked around? Because this is what really triggered off my thought process in all of this, where the transparency was concerned, and you thought, where do I start? I'll sit in the bathroom, and I'll talk to myself in the mirror. Because actually, who can I be transparent with? How do I develop this and move that forward? But you know, in this whole process of transparency, We know, we believe, more than believe, we are become convinced of, using a word from Pastor Tony, that that picture that we see at the back of church, which is quite strong, our DC soldiers, that when we had agents of change, we know and we believe and are convinced that something happened the night we stood together. Would that be right? Yes? But guess what? I now have a scripture for it. Zephaniah, I like you. Yes, when do you ever read Zephaniah? In my my Bible, it's page 784. (laughs) Zephaniah chapter three, verse nine declares this. It talks about a people returning back to God, but it says this. Then I will purify the lips of the people, transparency, openness, from clean to pure. Yes, that all of them may call on my name. How many? All, so there's no special ones, in the name of the Lord, and serve him shoulder to shoulder. Come on. I might read Zephaniah again now. That there is a purity of lips, that they all can call on the name of the Lord, and they serve him shoulder to shoulder. We've talked about before, haven't we, about partnership and different issues. Can I rely on you and can you rely on me? And it's only really in the heat of the battle when the chips are down, we realize where people are, what they do, what they're like. You know, everybody turns around and says, oh, yes, I'll be with you. I'll be with you to the very end. You say, right, we're cleaning church next Sunday and there's four of you. And you kind of go, all right, yeah, because do you know what? I had a life as well. And I was just as busy as you, but I turned up. And you kind of think, if you can't stand with me in a simple task, I'm maybe not going to put my life in your hands and say, why don't you run away with it? But you know what the wonderful thing is about friends? I nearly said tigger then. (laughs) (laughs) My mind just went off and I'm mad. The wonderful thing about friends is that God wants them. God wants friends. Do you want me to get biblical? Okay. James 3, 2, 23. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. Very interesting note. Reason it's an interesting note is this. That phrase is not used anywhere else in scripture for any other individual. Abraham had a connection with God. That enabled God to say that he was my friend. Now let's put that into context. Abraham was a man who hears God. He comes out the Ur of Chaldeans. Anybody ever read Genesis? Comes out the Ur of Chaldeans with his dad, with his family. Go to a land that you do not know, but I will show you where you should go. Is that Bible? Yes. So Abraham was obedient. But Abraham was also nuts. And Abraham was flawed. He lied, he deceived, he tried to work out his own future when God says, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a son. So he works out and sleeps with his handmaiden. He made a way where there was no way. I can't rely on God, I'll do something else. He gets cheeses God off so much that if you read Genesis and do your own homework, a minimum of 10 years, God doesn't even talk to him. He says, Abraham, you're a Burke, you've cheesed me off, you can sit and wait there. And he makes him wait for over a decade. God does not speak to him. But yet God says he was my friend. So I think if that's Abraham, there's hope for you and me. The promise he made from, for Abraham spanned every generation from then to now. The promise is still being fulfilled. That by you, the seed of you, will all men be blessed. We're still being blessed today, aren't we? But yet, God says, this is my friend. So we've had a quick heads up on the character assassination of Abraham. I do believe he's made the heroes of faith. He did something right. Yes? But it's just getting to the point of it wasn't all sweetness and light where Abraham was concerned and his relationship with God. It wasn't skipping through the meadows. They had their good times and indifferent. But God said, there was something I saw in the heart of this man that I called him friend. Now, in Exodus 33, 11, it declares this. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a. He didn't call Moses friend. He said, I communicate with you face to face. So I put on my notes, notes to self. Yeah, which is always Phil. I'm talking to you. So don't miss out. Relationships are not a text message. Relationships are not email Relationships are not Facebook. Even God speaks face to face. Amen. So stop hiding, come out of the shadows and find a friend. Note to self. God speaks to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Now we know that our world changes and we know that we do things because it's quick, it's quick, It's easy. For all of you who think that you follow me on Facebook, can I just say, you don't. Because I don't have a Facebook account. I have a Facebook account as part of our company that Kevin sometimes hides behind, and so it's me. So when he goes, Phil would love to be your friend, it's (laughs) just letting you know, get it out in the open. But here's the thing. I have a rule, and I say this wherever possible, or say it to Pastor Tony and to anybody else. If I'm going to communicate with you, Only if it's if I'm pressed will I text you. Only if I'm pressed will I email you because I know the lives that people have. So, for instance, if I'm trying to get hold of Andy, I never know if he's going to be in a business meeting. Where is he? Is he in London? What's he doing? So I will normally text him or email, and he'll get back to me whenever he can. If I know your schedule, I'm going to phone you, and better still, I'll see you face-to-face. Do you know why? Because text messages, emails, and Facebook never never give me context. They never tell me how you're feeling. I just see words on a page. And do you realize that 85% of communication is body language? So when I'm smiling at you and you're thinking, what's he trying to say from that? You've misread it. So for me, communication is always about face-to-face. Yes? Yes? sometimes people will say, oh, you were really, You responded really quick. I responded quick because I know I can't get hold of you. I know you're busy. You've got maybe you're in work on different things, so I'm not going to get you if you get you in the day. The rest of the time, I'm going to talk to you face-to-face. Is that all right? You might want to hide behind your Facebook account, but I'm going to grab you face-to-face wherever possible. Now, Proverbs 18, 24 is a great verse. It declares this. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother if you have unreliable friends it's not long before you fall over is that right we know the proverb if you lay down with dogs you get you become like those you spend your let me tell you this you may have been burnt, you may have been let down. Unreliable people are always unreliable. Dogs bark, ducks quack, unreliable people are always unreliable. They will see instances where they'll change and give you a little bit, but if they're going to let themselves down, they'll let you down, won't they? The problem is is that when you want to invest more than another individual, what do I mean by that? So I want a friendship with somebody, and I start pushing through, and I build expectations, and my hope gets up, and I'm getting all giddy, and I've got my Thompson uh, holiday brochure, because I think we're all going as a, as a cook. This is it. We're all going on holiday next year, and it's going to be wonderful. We're all off to Florida. We're all saving. I wanted a best friend. They wanted somebody for weekend. That doesn't make them unreliable. It means we're looking for relationships at different levels. Yes? But sometimes when my expectations have been broken or been dashed, it causes me to become slightly harder towards other people around me. Yes? Is that life? Is that fair? But we've said, haven't we, that we have a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, remember the statement we made before. That Abraham, or God said of Abraham, he was the friend of God. And I said, outside of anybody else, that is not said, that term used for anybody else in scripture. Aren't we glad there's another scripture? John 15, verses 13 to 17. Just to let you know, by the way, this is all the platform for getting practical. Greater love has no man than this, said a man lays down his life for his friend. Aren't you glad that when we come into Christ, he turns around and says, I call you friends. You're not servants. You're not dog's bodies. You're not a bunch of clones. You're my friends. Now, remember what we said. The basics that I've been around Christianity for quite a while. And I generally find that the issues that people have in the life normally bear down or can be grind down to a couple of things. You've broken relationship and you've stopped doing the basic things well. You stop praying, you stop reading, you stop fellowshipping, you stop following. And as you start cutting those bits off, it's amazing how easily you can get tripped up. Things that you wouldn't even bat an eyelid at, you fall over. Now, as I said, Jesus said that I call you friends. All of you. It's not the special ones. It's not the unique ones. It's not the pretty ones. It's not the beautiful people. Now, the reason I say to you it's not the beautiful people... I worked, I won't, because this could go anywhere, I won't tell you where, but in the company that I worked for, for an awful lot of years, they had a rule. You know what the rule was? And this is going to shock you. It only employed beautiful people. 20 years I was there. (laughs) Saying, Saying nothing, just let the truth speak for itself. It only employed beautiful people. What do I mean by that? In the agency that we work for, which flagship, had the biggest brands, not only in the UK, but in the world. When a client walked through the door, there was an expectation of what they were going to see. Clothes had to be right. You had to wear the right clothes. Girls had to have a certain haircut. And it's terrible, and it shouldn't be right, but if you got over a certain weight, there was a rule that said you no longer work there. But that was never a written-down rule. But it was always a reason why you were surplus to requirements. If even if a lady had a baby, if she didn't shake that weight very quickly, you were surplus to requirements. Or you were put on the team that was new business. And new business always had targets that no one could ever reach. So what they always did was, if you knew that somebody said, Chris, you're in the new business team, it was... I've got a month, maybe two months at best. Because in my first month, I'm going to get a verbal warning. In the second month, I'm going to get a written warning. In the third month, I ain't going to be there any longer. And there was a change. But Jesus doesn't choose the beautiful people to be his friends. Aren't you glad about that? So again, there's hope for all of us. He turns around and says, you are my friends if you do what I commend you. So there's a walking in the relationship with him. Now, as a walking relationship, there is one key. It's a wonderful thing, this, about understanding people. Friends will have different levels of relationship and intimacy. Should we break down intimacy? Into me, see. Can we get any plainer than that? Into me, see. Now, there are some people that get to see everything. And there are other people You come this far and no further. Why? Because we're still developing a relationship. We're building trust. I'm getting to know you. You're getting to know me. There are levels that we have to work to. But in our core nature as people, we can have a tendency as the pendulum swings to think that when I'm everybody's mate, that means I have to understand everything about everybody. No, you don't. And if you want to start with me, you're going to get disappointed. Because we have to build levels of trust. True friendship places no boundaries on the area of the heart. Now, I don't want to embarrass him, but it's too late. So if I was talking to Andy, there were things that I would talk to Andy about. We have the kind of relationship, Andy and I, that would be, I'm blessed to have Andy in my life and a Tony and a Kev and some other people that's around. I'm blessed to have those, those lives. But the reason I choose Andy in this is because we have this line that says, because of the trust that we've had and a history, we'll call a spade a spade. So it'll be, you're being an idiot. Yeah? Or you're doing well. Or why don't you try that? And I know that if Andy says something to me, it's because he has my good at heart. He's never trying to score points. He's never trying to climb the tree. And he's never looking to make me look bad so that he can benefit. Yeah? But that's the relationship I have with Andy. Now, the thing is, somebody could hear Andy and I having a conversation, or worse still, Pastor Tony and I having a conversation. Because at times when Pastor Tony and I have a conversation, you would think we don't even like each other, never mind anything else, because it can get quite strong. Tony can be opinionated, and sometimes he allows me to have an opinion. <laughs> so, what they'll do, they'll be, do you know, we'll use that term pushing and pulling. And nobody's getting offended. We're talking because, hey, we're men being men, and we're talking, and we're pushing. Now, the thing is, Andy might turn around and say, Phil, you're a Burke, and walk away. And kind of, I understand what he's doing because it's Andy being Andy, and it's fine. I am not wounded. I'm not sitting in a corner going, I better talk to the pastor. And you call me a Burke. You know when you get those breathy crying? No. (laughs) It's just me then. If you're here, it's just me if I'm upstairs. But if you came to me and you are not my friend and you have no area of relationship with me and you're going, hey, you, you're Burke. You know we're going to have issues, don't you? Because actually, a burke, for Andy calling me a burke, for him would be a term of endearment to call me a burke. But I'm trying to just to set the pattern of saying there are levels of relationship where people can speak and people can't speak. It's not an open door for you to ever say what you want to somebody because you're going to tell them in love. I've read it and I've got a scripture that says I need to tell you in love. And this is it. So I'm telling you, you burke, that this is where you are getting it all wrong. Wrong. Wisdom. Remember what we've said before. We are transformed by the renewal, not the removal of our minds, yes? Lack of people skills is never acceptable. Lack of people skills you can grow at. Lack of people skills you can even put right on Google. Google, lack of people skills. What to do right? Find a YouTube video. Do whatever you need to do, but find out how to say hello and how to be polite to somebody else. Would that be fair? I think if some of us just did that, we might find we had more friends. Yes? Now, we said about levels of relationship. Jesus had the 3, the 12, the 72, the 120, And the rest of us. Yeah? Yeah? So there were levels of relationship, but he still called them friends. Now, here's something I was thinking. In Phil's Bible, I was reading the story about the three and the 12 and everybody getting sent out. And I kind of realized it wasn't all sweetness and light. And the reason it wasn't all sweetness and light is because you've got the 12 going, why have you got the three? What's going on with the teacher's pet over here? How come... We're all together. We've just done the same stuff. We've just been, look, we've fed the 5,000. I carried as many baskets as he carried. We've done all the gear. Now we're here, and you've said, hey, you three, the amigos, let's go up yonder and have a chat. Why have you left me on my own? Now, I don't know about you, but my level of insecurity might be growing there. I might be getting slightly cheesed off, but that's Phil being honest. You're not, you're not going to be honest because you're good Christians. But I would find it was in that level of relationship, I'd be wondering, why if you've told us that we're all your friends, why have you got a best friend and you've got a friend? Why do I feel like I'm in the inner circle, but I'm already on the outside? You've made me feel like dirt, even though I'm meant to be your mate. But of course, no one's ever felt that way. But I realized something, that even in the three, there was jockeying for position. So you've got all these, do you know you've heard the terms, the January sales pointy elbow? Yeah? When you got the three, remember why were the three the three? Why were they in a three? I worked this out myself. Not saying I'm right, but as our group knows, it doesn't make me wrong. <laughs> Here's a statement. If you look at the three, the three were Peter, James, and... They were all, sorry, sorry, is that a word? They were all, not just friends, fishermen and partners in the same business. They'd already learned to win together and to lose together. They learned where they could trust each other and where they could carry stuff through. So when there's already a core, there was already a core in the group. Peter James and John but then I found the pointy elbows January moments Mark 10 verse 35 to 38 then James and John the sons of Debede, came to him and said teacher they said we want you to do for us whatever we ask well there you go that's not being self-sufficient is it what do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit on your right and the other one sit on your left when you come to glory. And Jesus replied, you don't know what you're asking. This the three of them. And in the three of them, two of them go, It's three of us, but we're family. Blood thicker than water. Blow that, Peter. It's his own fault for showing off. He shouldn't have done that walking on water like and make it all look stupid. It's you and me stick. So I'll be on your right and you be on your left. We'll be your besties mates, we'll be your buddies, we'll be the one who carry it all through. Because I'm sure we do exactly the same thing. So like we said, the three, the 12, the 72, everyone is placing a demand on the Christ. He deals with them at different levels. The issue is we can have friendships now I might be in a position where, as I've said, I've used his name before, Andy. I'll have a certain level of relationship. The reason I have that certain level of relationship is you all know because it's been said so many times. I've known Pastor Tony and Carol since I was five. I've known Andy since him and Shirley got married, which was what thirty-two years. Andy, is that thirty? Say thirty-seven years. Thirty-seven years I've known Andy and Shirley. So you might come along and say, oh, I've got a friendship with Andy. They might be different levels. Known him a long time. We've got history that goes on. It's not my problem if you get offended because I have a relationship at a certain level. You have to grow your own. What do we say? It isn't all about magic or somebody's got a special gift or grace. You grow friendships. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Question to ask. How do you make friends when you're a grown-up? I'd like to think that's actually speaking to most of us in the room. How do you make friends when you're a grown-up? little note to self. Unless you become like little children. I figured something out because... We've got the two boys, and we've got a little rube star. Kids never have problems making friends. Take a kid anywhere, drop them into an environment, and they never have a problem. They've always got a best mate on holiday. They can come into crash and they've got, this is it, we're, gonna, we're getting married. Uh, you talk to kids, they'll be like, I've met Billy today, and hopefully it's Mary saying it. Billy and Mary turns around and go, we're getting married. It's like, they just make friends, don't they? yes. Kids make friends. They make friends. The only reason that they don't is if there is a social disorder or a learning difficulty in the child that stops them connecting. Naturally, they just go, I'm going to be Dawn's mate. Yeah. Well, maybe not Dawn. I was, trying to, it's, I was being gracious, Dawn. <laughs> you see, because kids don't see anything. Kids don't see color. They don't see gender. They don't see disability. They don't see social status, they don't see wealth, they've not learned to manipulate yet, and they've not learned that if you flatter, you can climb the social status or social ladder. And guess what's something else that kids don't have? A sense of smell. So when I said before about a bar of soap, (laughs) maybe that's why you've got to become like little kids. But I was looking at something, because I was planning this whole thing of, why don't we make friends as we get older? Why does it become more difficult? So, started to plot a life cycle. Is that all right? So, you can agree with me or disagree with me, this is what I put down as a life cycle. So, hopefully, it'll start to help us. Number one, when you're little, it's easy making friends. So, when you go to school, we know that kids can be nasty as well, don't we? Yeah, I know kids are nasty, I went to school with them, right? But kids make friends. It's all like, and we'll fall out today, and I'll be your best mate tomorrow. And we'll have a sleepover the day after, and then we'll set up gangs against each other. The kids are just a bit nutty, but they'll always find friends. Then when you become a teenager, you have the overspill from your days at school. So you have school friends and maybe people you live near and extended family. You still have friends. So as a teenager, it's all right, yes? Thank you for that underwhelming response. Okay, so you still have friends as a teenager. Then, when you become into your 20s, it becomes slightly harder why does it become slightly harder to make friends because this is often where people start relationships and when you start relationships and you find the person of your dreams you want to spend all your time with them and not with your mates and you always say don't cut your mates off when you start going out with her and they go oh I won't and then she's got no mates and you've got no mates and the only mates you go out with are ones who've got partners as well so if you've not got a partner you're not going out would that be fair yes then you get to your 30s. This is a time when many people have small families. And when they have small families, it's hard to, to spare time and find places in the diary. So now you have to work to maintain the relationships that you've got. So you start planning and making statements like, we'll go out once a month. So it's been through, we see each other all the time, to, I kept up on Facebook, and we'll go out once a month. And if somebody got chicken pots, so it became six weeks. yes. You know, it's that kind of stuff. You're caught then into mundane life. In your 40s and 50s, the kids are growing up and they start to make their own choices. They make choices where they say, I don't want or need you. And when you don't want or need and you look around, you kind of go, that's me and you stick, isn't it? Your friendships have become more distant. Now, in your 50s and 60s, your circle of friends friends has already decreased. And as you decreased, you're often left with that statement of saying, well, there's the two of us. Where do we go from here? Right. So you're looking circles are all the time getting smaller and smaller. And if you get past the age of 60 uh, and you get older than that, it's on a regular basis that you always seem to start a conversation with, you know, Brian died, don't you? Tell me I'm wrong. But it started with lives that were easy and you did something natural when you're at school and then when you're teenagers and then you used all your energy making friends but normally with the opposite sex. And then as you had your family, watch what happens, this cycle of life. You have a family, just say you're in a family situation. You have your family with its commitments. You get up in the morning you make sure the kids are ready to go to school. You go to work, you meet your colleagues, you have your pressures and your jobs. You come home in your car or on the bus, normally with your earphones in or something else so you don't have to communicate with somebody else. You get back through the door and you face your kids that are now screaming monsters because it's time for them to go to bed. So you deal with the screaming monsters, you're already cheesed off. You sit down because you're tired in front of the TV. You maybe check up on Facebook to see if Dawn's contacted you. So you look on Facebook and say, yes, Dawn, it was wonderful, what are you doing now? I'm having beans on toast and all those wonderful conversations of Facebook. You go to bed, you get up in the morning and you start the cycle all over. And you wonder why you don't make friends. We don't make time for it. You are told that unless you're part of some social group, i.e. the local walking club, photography, golf club, gym, or church, you don't get to be involved in the lives of anybody else outside of your work colleagues and families. And we wonder why we don't have friends. You see, let me help you with something. If you're sat there, Billy No Mates, watching Jeremy Kyle, complaining you've got no mates but never leaving your house, can I tell you something? Nothing's going to change. A bit of magic. Nothing is going to change. You better learn to invest and get out. But so many of us become ingrained with staying in our environment, staying with what we know, doing the mundane, being with family and with my husband. What I'll do is I'll connect with you because then we get to become the social people. You know what social people is? I meet you at a party. It's somebody's birthday. We're all there. And you see them. They've got, right, we'll sit at the table and they get out. And it's somebody's 18th. And they're pretty dead, but as soon as YMCA comes on, their heart and soul of the party, they're giving it, everything's going. But then they go back and they go, see you at Christmas. And it, the gaps get bigger and bigger and bigger. But it doesn't have to be that way. We said friendships don't just happen. They take commitment, time to develop and nurture. So are you ready for some tips? Making friends, one-on-one. <laughs> Number one, be willing to take a risk. And again, I know I've already said it, but I put the note to me because I'm speaking to me as well. Put down your phone, turn off your Facebook, and have a conversation. Number two, make plans and don't keep saying we should do something. So start to place demands on people. Never mind, we have to catch up to when can we catch up? Veronica, when we're catching up? And we make a day, I've got my diary here, you've got your diary, let's do it. Because when you're going to do it, your intention is you're going to do it, but you don't. You don't. I tell you, Angie and I were trying to plan to do a night with some people over Christmas. You know we're in nearly at the end of February and we're still waiting for that night, don't you? Because Billy can and Mary can and Charlie can and this one can't and trying to get all the people on one page. So what we've decided to do is go out with those people as individuals, blow putting people together. We'll work it the other way. It's easier. Keep trying and don't give up. When you feel that you've got no mates, it's not time for a pity party. Do you know, some people are harder to get to know than others. I can talk to some people in here today and by the time you finish, the only thing that you've not got is their inside leg measurement and their PIN number. You know, people go, oh, I'm an open book. Do you mind closing the first chapter? I've had enough. Because people like me actually find that quite overbearing at times. I don't need to know everything. It's I went to the doctor last week and I found a lump. Oh. Don't need to know. That's for other places, other times. I've never met you before. We're sat on a bus, love. Let's just leave it, eh? <clears throat> Stop thinking that no one could ever be your friend. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Why would anybody like me? The truth is this, and it's a global statistic. Over this span of your life the chances are you will make two to three true friends. An awful lot of associates, people you bump into, people you do seasons with. But once the season's over, there are only certain people that for life and godliness, you turn around. You know, when you look and go, there's Billy, he was on my wedding photo, and there's Billy, he was on my christening photo, and there's Billy, he was on my 18th, and there's Billy, he was on my school photo, and there's Billy, oh, look at... You know, it's them people, aren't they? That where you are in life, they always are. Yes? Those, you'll only have two or three. So let me give you some basic, basic breakdown tips. Number one. I'm just saying number one. You'd have to write number one. Spend more time around people. If you want a friend, it might be good if you spent your time with somebody else who lives and breathes. Next one. Find people who have a common interest. If you meet people that have no common interest, once you've got past small talk, oh, the weather in Manchester. (laughs) Who would have thought it? You know, you're drying up very quick. But when you've got a common interest, there's a place and a platform to build from. Why not start to volunteer for things? If you're not part of a social group, start to volunteer. Put yourself out. Here's a big one that most of us don't like doing. Talk to people. Well, there's a secret. There's a massive one. That's a piece of revelation for us there, isn't it? Why don't we start talking to people? Here's a big one. Fellas, are you watching? I'm going to stand on the platform here so you see it. Make eye contact and smile. Uh, Don't turn away. Don't turn away just yet. Fellas, are you with me? Still with me? Are you watching? Fellas, all fellas, look at me now. I need to make something plain. This is not a lady's face. And the lady said, things you should never say in church. Remember, we're talking about just natural relationship skills. If you're talking to an individual and you make them feel uncomfortable because you let you, and you're looking, and you're, you're kind of, and you're undressing with your eyes, guess what? No one's going to talk to you. Fellas think you're nuts, and women think you're weird. Yeah? So you sat on your own. So I know we can laugh about it, but please, what did Job say? I made a covenant with my eyes. Look at the eyes. Yes? And for some reason, when you're undressing somebody like this, you think that they don't realize that you're doing it. But when you're checking them out, going, oh, that's not too bad. You know, the other person's going, hello, hello, I'm still here. Tell me, ladies, you've never felt that you've been violated in that way. Oh, well, women do it as well. So, ladies, make sure this. <laughs> next one. Too late, too late, Kathy. It's on tape now. The next one, this is the big one that we all hate be brave enough to start a conversation I'm all right if you talk to me but I don't want to talk to you because the fear is what we're going to talk about what do we have in common where we're going to do and everybody's afraid of starting that first bit yeah but these are all small obstacles that you can get over keep doing these over and over again until you get good at it and better at it and people go hey that Dave (laughs) life and soul at a party he makes friends like that why because he learns some basic skills and starts to connect with people also in the connection if you're looking for friends the one thing to do is be genuine don't go with all flowery speech and you know you're just blowing smoke up people be genuine people know when you're being a bit of a nutter and when you just you know you're just out there talking don't they introduce yourself. Give somebody your name. Big one. Stop being needy. You've ever heard the term uh, an energy vampire? Do you know what one of those is? Does everybody know what an energy vampire is? When you walk into a room, you suck all of the life out of it Everybody's like all smiling and laughing and joking and Veronica comes in and it's like within inside five minutes, <laughs> you just kind of like, there's a heaviness that comes because I've oh, ever told you about my week. <laughs> my Veruca's been playing havoc with me this week. Somebody turns around and says, makes a basic statement. Oh yeah, I went to the doctor's. There was, There's always a, a story. I went to the doctor's. Oh, it sounds like a start for a joke that I went to the doctors. <laughs> Where somebody comes in and they go, I've been to the doctors, I had this and this. And there's always somebody in the group who had something worse. There, there is, you know, somebody goes, you know, if you say you had a Veruca, they've got a Veruca on both feet. But it's amazing if you've got, oh, I've just been on a mission field, I've come back, I've got weeping leprosy. Oh, I had leprosy. This, you know, hey, you've all met these people. The issue is when it's you. Can you recognize it and put it down? Don't be needed. There's the people that, every time you talk, they want to unburden themselves. You know the thing about a relationship is it's a two-way street, and sometimes I feel like I should be getting something out of it as well. So when you're in and just giving you garbage and going on and on, there are times when you are like that because that's friendship. But if every time I meet you, I'm avoiding. You know what? I'm taking up Facebook. That's what I'm doing. Don't pressurize people into relationships. It's like, Don, be me friend. Don't be me friend. Friend. Oh, be me Don. I put 14 requests out this week. Don, will you be my friend? You know what you turn into, don't you? Spiritual stalkers. Now, all of these answer the question that we said at the beginning, which was, why as adults don't we make friends? Because you act like Burks. You and me both. Next one. Stay in touch. Treat people the way that you want to be treated friendships have to be maintained appreciated and valued if I think that you've got nobody else you've tried everybody else in the phone book and there's nobody then you called me because you had that spare ticket for the pictures and you don't talk to me again don't be thinking that we were friends we wasn't you were needing somebody to help you in your moment of need you didn't want to go on your own and you went who've I got well Dave's busy Andy's out Chris isn't free I haven't got Z, I'll have to set Phil. And sometimes that's how you're made to feel that there was nothing else and then there was you, yes? No value, if you have no value, you will have no friend. There'll be no bond, there'll be no connection. You cannot be picked up and be put down. But what if they let me down? Because can I tell you something? Straight from the top, people will let you down. Do you know why people will let you down? Kevin hates this term. He looks at me, he rolls his eyes. Because people are stupid. And do you know why I know people are stupid? Because I'm a person and I'm stupid. So I kind of level the same leveler to everybody else. If I do stupid things, then other people do stupid things. And people will hurt you. People will let you down. People will betray you. It's a natural fact. But does that mean that I should never try and make a relationship? Be brave enough to go again. You know, people let down and betray Jesus and Paul. And Jesus still called them friends. Even with Judas, when he did what he did, he says, go and do it quickly, friend. So even though he knew he was going to knife him, betray him he still called him friend but this is wonderful in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 6 it declares this wounds from a friend can be trusted but an enemy multiplies his kisses you must know what it's like when somebody's just trying the full flattery game yeah oh you look like you've lost weight oh you're looking really good oh that's smart you know all of the stuff Flattery has no place, but we know it's a tool that works because we all like to be complimented, don't we? Right, well, don't have to compliment any of then. We all like to be complimented, but it was this. The wounds of a friend can be trusted, which means one thing, that when you have a friend, they can hurt you. Yes, a friend can and will hurt you, but your history with that friend will dictate how and why They hurt you. You know, we used the term before, I told you in love. They might tell me in love, but the way I am, I might not receive it in love. You were having to go, what you put me down for? Why did you show me up in front of them people? There's always a reason. Maybe the timing was wrong, but they wasn't trying to score points against me. I'll give you these 10 benefits, and then we'll close. Like I said, I've been trying to be very practical this morning and I won't be covering every base they can cover. But let me just give you 10 of these benefits where friendship's concerned. Learn to hang out. Makes me sound dead young there, do not You say, hang out. Everybody wants to feel cared for and loved. Friendship can often bring this part of our lives for us but it starts with something as simple as hanging out with somebody else. Hey, should we just catch up for a coffee? Should we do something? You wasn't exchanging blood. You wasn't like cutting and saying, we're blood brothers for the rest of our life, let's spit in our hand. You wasn't doing something. You just said, let's hang out. And in the hanging out, you found that you actually had chemistry and you liked each other. Chemistry is chemistry. It works where it works. Do you know what I said before about common ground? In the whole level of being transparent, being transparent over here. I'm quite awkward. If I don't have chemistry, I find it really hard to be your mate. Because I'm not very good at small talk. I can do elements of small talk. But people will say to me at times, oh, what did you do this for? Or do that? Because I like you. If I don't like you, don't think I'll do it. Because people sometimes you get caught up with me and say, oh, you came out with me or you did this or you did that. I'll tell you why. Because I like you. Because I rarely, and Angel will tell you this, I rarely go anywhere or do anything that I don't want to do. If I don't want to do it, Angel can nag me all day and you're in on your own, love. I've made this special arrangement and we're going out with Fred and Bar- Barney. You mean you're going out with Fred and Barney? Learn to communicate. The more you hang out together and you're relaxed about each other, it's amazing how open conversations can come. You're not trying to say, right, well, it's like this, Lisa. The laws of transparency are this, that you must pour out your life to me now. No, we're just talking. We're just being mates. And over a period of time, things come out. And you say things and you go, do you know what? I've never told anybody that before. But you were relaxed around someone. You wasn't trying to force anything. Relationships start to build. You start to share ideas. So when you're sharing ideas, that can be about anything. So you can share ideas. Oh, we're thinking of doing this in our house. Or it can be, oh, I was reading the word and I thought this. What do you think about it? Or even for us, I will, again, using Andy, use Andy as a sounding board when it comes to elements of business. We're thinking of progressing in this area or changing that. Now, I know that when he talks to me, he'll talk to me for my own good. And sometimes I'll ask him because he's better in areas than I am. He's more experienced. So because of it, I'll say, we're thinking of doing this, this, and this. Will these two lines of copy on our website cover it? No, it won't. I'll write you a document. So there's elements where you start to share and grow together. It's here as well that you start to build that word accountability. As you build relationships and you're being open, It's the place of having to take things to action. Because if all we ever do is have words, never have relationships that are being built and become stronger, really accountability is some form of charade. We get lost somewhere on it. But we start to say, hey, you told me, Dave, that you were going to do this, this, and this. You've not been doing it yet. He becomes accountable at that. He doesn't become threatened by it. I get to call him out on that which he told me he was going to do. Because friends can do that. So this is why if we're in a non-offensive manner, you see, because you know fellas can be just as offensive as ladies, don't you? And can be just as bitchy. But if I go to the gym with, say, Pastor Tony, and we're talking, and it might be one of those, right, we're trimming down, we're working at this, we're changing the way we're doing it. Now get on the scales. Well, I don't want to get on the scales. I've not brought my pound. I've brought a pound for you. Get on the scales. And we're doing that stuff. Now you told me you were cutting back. If you've added three pounds, you were not cutting back. Unless you've got a pack lunch in your pocket, there is something that you've not been cutting back. Those things is not threatening. It's accountability. We're talking with each other. If we say, we're going to do this and you don't do it, I should be able to say, why are you doing it? If you and my friend, you wouldn't say that. I am your friend and I am telling you. about sharing stuff? Friends share things. She's not here this morning, but it's amazing that say, for instance, we've got Dan's Nick and she has, um, say like Ben and Natalie. Natalie's like that. You'll go uh, and she'll say, where's your coat? Oh, Natalie's got it. Why has Natalie got your coat? Oh, we swapped. Swapped. Man, men don't do this. <laughs> How can girls go together? You go shopping and you come home and each other's clothes. I don't get it. You share things. Like I said, Verrucas and all kinds of stuff. What about sharing friends? When because I am confident in who I am and my self-esteem's all right, I'm not threatened that when Dave's my mate, I can bring Gandy into the equation. Yeah, and then not fear that, oh, Dave's going to be better friends with him than he is with me. Deal with yourself. Have a word. We share relationships. And as we share relationships, it gets stronger. We build things around. You learn new skills. If you've got mates, you learn new skills. So over the last 18 months, we've been teaching Dave how to play golf. He's getting better at it now. And all these different things, you expose your friends Well, i will go, hey, Veronica, why don't you me go a Zumba? And she goes, I've never been to Zumba. Why don't you come to Zumba? I've got all the rhythm. We've got it all going. (laughs) And I go, let's have a go. But she learned something that she's good at, she likes, she feels great with. Why? Because you shared experiences as well. Yes? Something you wouldn't have done on your own, but with your mate, you'll go and do it. Some of you have got no mates, have you? (laughs) What about learning to inspire one another? The ability to go higher and go further. When I can look at the life of people and go, You're doing brilliant. You know, I never thought saw that in you before, but you're really and excelling. And do you know what's, see, what's hard to say at times? You're miles better than me at that. And I learn from you now. I opened the door to you, but you did it better. And how that would work and demonstrated. Remember, uh, Paul leads us in worship, does he not? Plays the guitar. Pastor Tony taught him how to play the guitar. Now Tony goes, Paul I've seen you playing, I will put mine down. I've taken up the mouth organ. Because Paul's miles better. It's not becoming intimidated that what you've done in your relationship, somebody else gets better at. I inspire you and I celebrate it. What about to disciple each other? As iron sharpens iron. I learn from you, you learn off me. Oh. Kev's been around for, what, two and a half years now in the Dream Center. These days when I learn just as much from him as he learns from me. Because, again, it's not an always a one-way street. You'll see something differently. The things we look at will push and pull. We'll shape things together. But we learn off each other. And what about the final one? We encourage one another. Do you know there's times when you don't need another Bible verse you don't need another sermon. You don't need some more information. You need somebody to just put their arm around you and go, do you know what, it'll be all right. And you go, life stinks. Yeah, it stinks. Sorry, I've got no answers for it. It stinks. But do you know what? We'll get up tomorrow and we'll have another go. We encourage each other. We stand together. So the point of everything that we've said this morning is very, very simple and very, very plain. You may be wondered how we got there through our ins and outs. Is that all of us need and deserve friends. But to deserve and need friends and have those relationships, it's never too late, but you might have to change some things in you. Are you willing to address somebody else? <clears throat> Are you willing to take a risk? Are you willing to start a conversation? Are you willing just to hang out with somebody you've not hung out with before? Knowing those levels where we said hanging out, communication, accountability, blah, 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 you might want the end bit that says we are bosom buddies. We've only started hanging out. Why don't we start hanging out and grow a relationship together? Why don't we learn from the kids? Doesn't matter gender, color, background. I don't need to be your friend because I think it scores some points and I get to know stuff if I'm your friend. Don't abuse us. We don't abuse you. Don't abuse us. We're friends because we want to be friends. And it's at those times that we grow together. But the truth is in this. If we want accountability and we want transparency, we need to find somebody we can do that with. If you were one of the people that had to keep saying, who are you transparent with, the chances are you didn't know the answer because there was nobody in your life to talk to. Start to make friends. Let's build a model. Let's show the world relationships that work, relationships that are true, relationships that can go on, go deeper and deeper. If we have clean lips and call on the name of the Lord, maybe it's something we can stand shoulder to shoulder. But I'll give you this final caveat and then I'll finish. The caveat is this. I know that platonic relationships can happen and occasionally do work. What's a platonic relationship? A platonic relationship is me as a man here being friends with Veronica outside of her husband. It doesn't normally end well. Warning, warning, flashing light. If I as a man have a relationship as a friend and a close friend and confidant with another man's wife, it's not good and vice versa. If you as a lady want to talk to me, you talk to me with my wife. And as you, as a man, were talking to Ange, she would call me. It's called protocol and safeguards. It's not that I don't like you. It's not that I don't like you. But when I'm going down to, as Pastor Tony would put it, the blue gym, which is the railway pub around the corner, to go and watch the football, Veronica, I'm not calling you. might call David, but I ain't calling you. It's the bits that's going down. Friendships. Let's build them, let's maintain them, let's value them. Amen. But remember one thing if you sat here this morning going, Billy no mates, I ain't got a friend, he called you friend. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. <clears throat> I know that's been very practical this morning, but I trust in, it helps us. Let's clarify somewhere down the line. So let's just raise those holy hands. Lord, we just want to bless you this morning. Lord God, Father, I thank you that you call us friends. Father, we thank you for the journey you've been taking us on, Lord God, from clean to pure. We thank you for lives that are being transformed or being changed. But Lord God, I pray that where there's been a breakdown in relationships, that Lord God, you will help us to establish A cord of connection, Lord God, as we stand shoulder to shoulder that we've never seen before. That, Lord God, it won't be lip service, but, Lord God, I pray, let men grow relationships like they've never known before. That ladies grow together, daughters of the living King, as they lay hold of you. My God, Father, I pray, give us relationships that will last. Give us relationships that will be strong. Give us relationships, Lord God, that will cause us to go on another mile. But Lord God, we want to bless you. We want to produce that model, Lord God. Father, the world says, we want what you have. My God, we just want to bless you, as we heard before, that your grace is sufficient for us. Lord God, help us to take this word this morning into action, not just to sit on our hands, but Lord God, to build friends, to build greater connections in this house. And the people of God said, amen.